And hello again, we're here with another episode of Scots Radio, the programme that celebrates the Scots language and culture in its colours, craters and contermashes nukes. Thit mare could you went? Well, I would went to add our much-admired soon-sorter, the money that steers this ship into the universe for <laughs> most folk have never gone afore, and there's no one <laughs> And like so many other times afore, let me introduce... The legendary Richie Werner! Oh, that's me! You're half a kind, Frida. Okay. If there's going to be a voyage, I want to go on it's with you. Okay, that's <laughs> a deal. Steering, as you usually do, this episode with masterly precision. Or near a boots. <laughs> We're going off the glee every now and then. Aye, to be said. off the glee, all right. Right. And you're all right, Rich? I'm all right, pal. Enjoying life as usual? Always, always am. Aye. Busy sorting up a Hammond organ, I hear. I had to fix up the Hammond for a session last oh, week. My God. Yeah. Oh, my that was something. Right, family okay? Aye, right, <laughs> right, we begin this programme with the sound of the band Tidelines for their album Dreams We Never Lost. This is Walking on the Waves. Oh, An island in the sunlight, laughter in the rain, half whiskey in the darkness, it all feels just the same. Watch the sunset over Hainish See the twilight merge to dark Hear the waves caress the shoreline As the island carries on I've been walking, walking these shores all my days But with you by my side I am walking on the waves I've been walking on the market and they walk down to the sand but the silhouettes are on the water as they paddle hand in hand and it's a game of sweet surrender when there's nothing left to see and there are moments to remember once these days are long I've been walking, walking these shores all my days But with you by my side I am walking on the waves I've been walking, walking these shores all my days But with you by my side I am walking on the waves So you look out on the ocean See the headlands and the strands And you wonder what horizons Will shape tomorrow's plans And through the turning of the seasons And the cycle of the days Every drink's another reason To let tomorrow sail away I've been walking, walking these shores all my days But with you by my side I am walking on the waves I've been walking, walking these shores all my days But with you 
bones of our bodies to the lover's dream we sow. I've been walking, walking these shores all my days, but with you by my side. Lens Feather album, Dreams We Never Lost, and Walking on the Waves. And I watched this band doing their first ever concert at this year's Belladrum Tartan Heart Festival. It was a huge success, Richie. You'd love this band. Oh, I wish I was there. Ah, you'd like I always wanted to come to Belladrum. Well, the songs, mostly written by the, the singer Robert Robertson, are very, very good. There's nae a kind of hanger on, only one year. Nae fillers. Nae fillers. Aye. Right, a huge audience just loved them. Made about the festival later, and we'll be speaking to the past Scott Screever, Hamish MacDonald, appearing in the Verbegarden stage at the festival. And we have news of another major festival coming up with treasures. Director Chrisanna Eigner tells us Fitz planned for this year's Findhorn Arts Festival. And the Ulet flees again! But we start and we'll look at the Scottish Government's draft cultural strategy document. The time for comment is ending this month. So we need to get a handle on some of the suggestions and proposals contained in this weighty report that started in 2017, consulting groups and associated parties to deal with every new code of Scottish culture. Far better to help me sort out the details than Donald Smith, director of tracks, and a man that this Inoyon heeds that sorts things out. So, Donald, is there a theme in this draft document? Well, it, it looks at Ertz and, and the heliculture through the perspective of the folk living in uh, towns and villages and cities in Scotland the day. Uh, changing uh, things through imagination and culture, uh, giving folk the freedom to do their own thing with their, with their own culture, also looking to the, the long term looking to the future and saying what's, what's the most important thing for the, fakers, for the folk in Scotland? What is the most important thing? Is that folk should own their own culture and do with that what is best for them. Know what some uh, kind of high hegians and an agency or some policy-making thing uh, tells folk. But that comes back to funding again. Oh, why? It comes back to funding. <laughs> them it funds, then it has the purse strings. Often has to try and kind of shape the future. Aye, but uh, there's two things about that. Ain is that the whole uh, drift of this strategy is to say that uh, folk themselves hate to hate the poor to make decisions. And when it comes to the funding, and that's the next big issue that has to be grappled with, the big thing in this strategy is it's not just about some wee department called 
arts and culture. It looks across the government, across public sector funding to uh, health, uh, bairns and families, housing, justice, education and learning, international connections. And what, what it's saying is that are ah, these areas or uh, policy and funding in Scotland need to tack culture seriously. Right, right, I'm just going to be devil's advocate, as I very often am. But <coughs> there's still, I'm still going to go back to this funding with you, Donald, because just near that long ago we had problems with the funding for the arts, for, for drama, for different things from Creative Scotland, Aye. and there was you know, a fair amount of a backlash about the funding process. I will say it's very, very interesting that this strategy has come along just after the Troubles with Creative Scotland. And the thing is that, uh, as I read it, in future, Creative Scotland will hate to work within this framework. There'll be no uh, thing in future where uh, an agency can gang off and do it saying we think we oot consulting and we oot fitting in to this broader picture about what's happening in Scotland. So that's one thing. I think that this uh, there's a wee thing ganging on here. I wonder at myself why uh, the Scottish Government and the Minister, Fiona Hislop, was say quiet during all of that stramash about uh, Creative Scotland. But now that I have seen all this, I understand that they were holding their pudder dry because they're coming for it now with something that will change the whole framework of who Creative Scotland operates in the future. But, but, the other thing is, and I would urge folk to read this through, and to respond to it, uh, because they're asking, they're spearing for comment, and one of the comments that I think we should be making is that there should be new funding streams specifically to support the local community uh, side of the arts, because that's coming through here big and strong, and they mention, uh, Eric, they mention lottery and local heritage and all these things, but I think that on the back of this new strategy, they're needing to think about who can they increase, uh, partly by bringing together things that already exist, to make things more accessible uh, to local arts and, and culture projects. Does that mean there's just going to be a lot of rumbling about, a lot of rumbling about and a lot of rumbling words? No. And it's going to take ages to get up and running, and it's still going to end that, up with that, one association. No, no, that depends on us. This is this is the opportunity uh, to tack back a bit of control here. And uh, there's no point sitting on our horns on the sidelines, gurning about Creative Scotland, etc., etc., if we're not prepared to tack the opportunity that's in here, get our sleeves rolled up, and uh, move things for it. So what's the next step for here? <coughs> well, uh, folk have to get in the responses and ideas to this. I think we need to tell the government they're on the right track. Now, 
what are they going to do about this? Uh, get it, uh, that's get it, get it that's the way. That's that that that's that's the way for it. I I think myself, this is a muckle change. I think it's a muckle change, and uh, I think this will gang on influencing things for some time to come. We've spoken about the good points. Is there anything that they're missing here? Aye, I think there's nae anook about broadcasting. I think that's so important for the culture of the lawn, and I ken that that has, a dif- you know, different regulations and all the rest, but I think it, it, it should be more strongly connected with the changes that are coming in the broadcasting in Scotland because there's, there's opportunities coming there, I know. Opportunities and all. Donald Smith, Director of Tracks, and here look at that draft culture strategy. You'll find it on www.gov.scot. In the title, A Culture Strategy for Scotland, Draft for Consultation. Right, this is one of my favourite Scottish singers, Fit a Voice, the one and only Fiona Hunter with the weary Panda Tau by Robert Burns. Gave my wife a stain all went as good as I did grow And all that she has made, all that is a but bundle town The weedy pun, the weedy pun, the weedy bundle town I thank my wife will hand the life before she spun her town There sat a bottle in a bowl, I on the angle And I she took another soup to drink the study town the weedy panda, weedy panda, weedy panda town. I think my wife will hand the life before she spun her down. Cries I for shame, you dirty dame, we spun your double town. She took a rock and we a knock, bracket her my pound. The weedy panda, weedy panda, weedy panda town. Another jack, I'll wallop the pen hat down. The weedy pun, the weedy pun, the weedy pun, do I think my wife will hand the life before she's been hard down. And all you jolly bachelors that fain would many be, I pray you'd be advised to hug this note for me. A single life is free, three strife, we sorrow, grief and woe. Besides a wife will hand a life for the weedy pondo town. The weedy pondo, weedy pondo, weedy pondo town. Besides a wife will hand a life for the weedy pondo town. The weedy pondo, weedy pondo, weedy pondo town. Besides a wife will hand a life for the weedy pondo town. Hunter with The Weary Panda Tau by Robert Burns.
And congratulations to Fiona and Greg Lawson with the Grit Orchestra for another stunning performance of Martin Bennett's Bothy Culture at this year's Edinburgh Festival. Now, as I said, I had the great pleasure of joining the throngs, like 20,000 folk at this year's Belladrum Tartan Heart Festival near Bewley by Inverness. And for that time ahead, enjoying the spectacles like paper mache elephants and Ganaboot Primary School Bollywood dancers for staffing. And the theme this year, of course, was Bollywood, and that turned into Bellawood. See what I mean? Bollywood, <laughs> Bellawood. Huh? This was the 15th year of the festival, with its 14 music stages and special theatre stages to include spoken word like Fitzdean and the Verb Gerden. It's a unique atmosphere. Hamish MacDonald is in charge of the lineup at the Verb Gerden Marquee and makes a great job of it. Fitting in points and music performers, including a great local gospel choir. Hamish was our Scots Screeber for two years during 2016 and 2017, and the post was funded by the National Library and Creative Scotland. So before the throngs descended, Hamish and myself managed to get a seat outside the Verb Garden tent to speak about his tenure as Scots Screeber. First, sit with the highlights in the post. I think there were several highlights, you know, and it's really hard to pinpoint one down. But there are one or two that really stick out, and one of them was um, a wee um, project we did round about Jesse Kesson with uh, Doc Garrick Primary School, a, a rural primary school in Inverness. And that went into your Wee Windies as well, and Wee Windies we uh, did a, website. We did a feature on Jesse Kesson on the Wee Windies website, mm. but we kind of worked beyond that as well. I think the nice thing about the Doc Garrick project and the Abraking project was that we had a wee bit of time to work with the school rather than just dropping in for a day and dropping back out again. I went in about half a dozen times, uh, got the kids enthusing in their Scots language. We worked in names of beasties and woodland creatures and birds. And then we looked at Jesse Kesson's life and they put between us we, we, we put together this uh, lovely wee storytelling piece about the life of Jesse Kesson with songs in it. And we performed it at a breaking hall on the centenary, centenary of Jesse Kesson's birthday with her daughter her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren on the front row and it was just a fantastic night. So that's one what among about, few that stood out. That's, that's highlights, but what about regrets? Have you any regrets about the, the two years? I don't think I have any regrets at all, to be honest with you. You know, there, there aren't any that have, that have struck me. I think, you know, I tried to capitalise on the time I had as best I could. You know, and has reach reach as many of the public as I could as well through the website, through outreach. You know, going out to schools, you know, community groups, libraries. We went to a prison as well. So I don't really have any regrets. I mean, the only regret I have is that the Scots language. This isn't a personal regret, but my time is in the in the screever role is that, you know, the Scots language keeps having to struggle against this negativity, undeserved conflict that it's constantly has to undergo. It seems that there's almost like three steps forward, two steps back. But why is this happening? Well, we're not getting enough support. There's nowhere near enough financial support for Scots, obviously. For the government, you know, they make a lot of noises about Scots, but, you know, there's, there's no financial backup. Without that, you know, financial muscle, People are constantly having to just dig, dig in the sand, you know, and the sand's kind of piling back in again. 
we, we really need the, the the financial muscle for the government and the commitment. But why are we not getting it, Hamish? That that's not for me to say because I'm not a politician. Yet. I mean, the the census obviously showed the uh, the need and the demand. And you know, to my mind, Scots language argument, if there is one, is going to be won by future generations. It's not going to be won by your generations. You know, we can do what we can to try and help it, but education is definitely going to be the way forward. Without capital, without resources, that's not going to happen. But if you had to target, okay, we can speak about the Scots government, but if you had to target some way, another method or another path into this, we've tried just about every path there is, fit I would miss it. That is very, very difficult to say. I mean, Aye. you can only look over the fence, look over the hedge into the, the Gallic lands and see them going from strength to strength aye. and good good luck to them aye, aye. they deserve it because they've worked hard to get there uh -huh. but why are they getting on and we're not that's that's the big question isn't it it's a sixty-four thousand dollar question i mean obviously there's been a lobby there for decades you know been people trying to promote scots years and years before i did it and you know do, doing it you know through their lifetimes as well you know the the, the publications are out there we're seeing publications in scots you know, I don't know. We, we need a bigger presence publicly as well. See, but, but we can come up with the right phrases. We've got to raise the profile, we've got to raise the confidence, we've got to normalise it, but we're still speaking in abstracts. We're not actually getting nuts and bolts together. I know, but to me that all comes down to, you know, financial support, without getting people in place, paid positions, uh, more resources in education. You know, how can you? You're going to be, you know, shouting in the dark to a certain extent if you've if you've not got the the resources to back you up. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that I had the position I had for two years, but there's so much more to be done. Right? You know, you can only obviously reach so many people in one one residency or two years. You know. You can as well as I. You sit in, in amongst folk and they'll say, "Aye, we need to raise the profile, raise the confidence." And you, above your head, "Aye, but how? Full we're going to do this, and nobody's coming up with it." the actual plan for we're going to do it. We can, we've got the left words in place, Aye. but we haven't got one thing else in place. Well, I guess what we need is a bigger uh, government department pushing it. That, that's, that's one way, you know, and without, without that, that foundation to, to, to support education and other means to, to communicate with the public. I really don't see it. I mean, the Gaelic lobby, why were they, I mean, they worked really hard over the years to, to get to the, 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 the position they're in now, aren't they? But for some reason, a bigger uh, demographic than Gaelic still seems to be struggling to, to, to get the message across. How are we going to get across to the communities now, Hamish? To get across, well, just make, put, put the presence of Scots out there as much as we possibly can. I guess, you know, what you're doing, broadcasting, if only we had mere presence of Scots and likes of BBC Scotland broadcasting, Radio Scotland, you know, BBC Scotland TV. I mean, imagine a, an alternative to Alba and Scots. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, it could be done. The world would be a race, you know. Aye, aye, aye. It could be right. Um, we're sitting here enjoying the sun every now and then. Intermittently, Intermittently. aye. <laughs> There's a cloud coming out. Yeah. You've been coming here for a few years. Fits the attraction of Belladrum. Well. I've been coming to every festival bar one. It's been in the go for 15 years. My kids have grown up with it, from wains and prams to now teenagers out in the camping field. Uh, so we've kind of grown up with it family-wise. 
I started working here in 2009, which was a bicentenary of Burns. There was a commission Burns tent. So that year we had a commission. I worked with some musicians, uh, Bruce McGregor, Andy Thorburn, Mark Clement, Brian O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. And we did a spoken word med musical medley on on Burns's work, but an hour show. So that was, and then I also that year, the Burns Bicentenary, I went round with a big bunch of roses, reading love poems. <laughs> this is because somebody was going to be doing something similar, pulled out at the last minute, so. Uh, great idea. Uh, aye, aye, it was magic, okay. yeah. Got a few, a, few, a few laughs and a few tears at that, so. And then in latter years, you know, in the last few years, we're sitting next to the Verd Garden, which is a spoken word tent. It's a really vibrant, um, interesting venue. It's, it's, just describe it, it's full of sofas, well, arm, armchairs and sofas. It, it's full of a rude of furniture, you know, we've got all the, some some quite mouldy old settees, I think they're kept in a buyer during the, during oh, the close no, season, you know. <laughs> so so hopefully the, the wee mice will have, ex, uh, you know, escaped before we, we lay them out. Fars so, on, fars on this year. So this year, oh, we've got a really varied programme. We started last night, we got a great evening last night. Stuart Patterson was up. Stuart, Stuart Patterson was up, Stuart gave a great set. Mm -hmm. uh, with Aoife Lyle, the Irish poet, with a film called By Be Becoming by a local filmmaker. Mm -hmm. uh, we had um, someone talking the life of, and work of uh, Shura Shivarg, a Russian poet who had his first book of poetry published at the age of 95. It was a fantastic, there was a film assure as well. Uh, and then we had a sing-along movie, Grease. So that was just, that was half a programme yesterday. We got a full two days, Friday and Saturday, so... Uh, Fires on, the, fires on the day, fires on the night. The day? Oh, we've got a, at the moment we've got a storytelling on with Alex Patience. Alex is a bit of a returnee to the venue. We're going to have um, a, a book launch on Lisa Mulholland's Inside Folk. We're going to have a talk on rewilding the links. We're going to have the consultant herbalist for the Outlander series, Claire Mackay, doing an interpretive session on, Fabulous yeah, yeah. Guy. She's going to talk about the Stuart Threepland medical chest, which was in use in Jack Jacobite times. Might do a week and a touch tour of the different, um, you know, herbs and that that they used. Well, we've just managed to catch a, a wee, a wee quiet moment, but Hamish, good on you and congratulations. This is fantastic. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Hamish MacDonald passed Scott Screever and Sorter Rooter at the Verb Garden stage. And thank you to Hamish for your hospitality and your work as Scott Screever. Next episode we'll be hearing for the new Screever, Dr Michael Dempster. This is the Field Marshal Montgomery Pipe Band, winners of the 2018 Pipe Band Championships in Glasgow. From their album card debut, this is the Shetland Medal.
Marshall Montgomery Pipe Band for Ireland, the 2018 World Champions. Our congratulations. We will the a festival and gathering to another. It's just that time of year. I'm going new to the biggest arts festival and gathering in Europe, the Edinburgh Festival in Fringe. For I met up with actress Joyce Faulkner for Hales Fee Tory in Aberdeen. Joyce is just another one of my favourites. She has that timing for comedy and drama mix. And the play she's in, written by Aberdeen writer Mona Young, brings out that unique talent to the full. It's called I, Elvis, and was being staged at the Rose Theatre in Rose Street in Edinburgh. Now, it's just nae east trying to find a quiet corner in Edinburgh at festival time, especially in Rose Street. So Joyce and myself grabbed seats outside the theatre to speak about the play. First, sit at a boot. I, Elvis, is about a middle-aged woman that bides with our mother in urban Aberdeen. She cares for her. Our mother's in a wheelchair. Uh, and her only, really, outlet, she works in a local shoppy, is on a Sunday she goes down to the local karaoke and sometimes does a turn. And one Sunday she sings Hound Dog, which is a tune she used to dance to when she was young. You ain't nothing about Yes, that one. And she gets 20 quid for the best singer. And for there, it kind of, she almost, she gets so carried about winning us 20 quid that she starts becoming a wee bit obsessed with singing Elvis uh, and does a movie wick to the point that she starts wanting to be an Elvis tribute act and starts entering these competitions. So she gets out of the costumes nothing, is it? Well, she buys a costume off a, 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 an Almani that's retiring. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, I, and then she, it, it, it's almost like she becomes a wee bit obsessed with him. Ah. So it's a, it's a three-horner, it's a twin... Uh, uh, Joni is a character I play who is the main character and our mother in uh, the local DJ Fat Bob. So you're playing all three characters? No, I'm not playing three characters. I play Joni. My mother is played by Karen Ramsey, uh, sometimes known as Pat Woods. And uh, the local DJ is played by my real-life husband, David McGowan. Fabulous. Right. So you've had a... A great series of reviews, as I've been doing wheel. Aye, we did it in uh, Glasgow, we did it for a play by Pint, and that was the Wick of the Beast for the East, which was rather unfortunate, because the first few, few uh, uh, shows we did were uh, Abdi was snowbound. Uh, but the last few days that uh, Abdi came out, <laughs> they've been snowed in and it went doing a storm and folk thought it, and we were approached to ask if we would do it they thought it was a perfect fringe show Give us a quick blast of Joni Maisty Elvis Tribute Ox can tell you the minute they fell in love with the king I can't do that it wasn't a love at first listen you see it was more like a slow burn like a rash sort of a wee gentle rash that spread across and through my body see I minding the rock and roll dancing when I was a teenager Early teens, I bairn maybe. I had this wee flared skirt thing me in yellow, and a white t-shirt, and the neck scarf thing me tight to the side, Ken. And I had a dancing partner, Jill. Joan and Jill, I'll I mind up. We used to do these routines together, kick my change, kick my change, spin around. Then Jill would run at me, and I'd catch her, and I'd drop her down and put her legs to the side, and then the other, Ken, I in. I'm not surprised it's getting good reviews. I'm just a wild week already. Listen, but is there a, is there a happy ending? 
No, I'm not, I shouldn't ask you. I'm not telling you, but I would say about it is it's very bittersweet. It's it's a, it, it, more than I write so well, and it, you get you go for and a tear in your eye to uh, to laughing uh, in seconds, and I think I, I, it just shows for a good writer she is. You know, to she the, gets that balance right. And I mean, aye, the balance. Skill, aye, aye. And laugh it, to mark them laugh, mark them great, and aye. this piece certainly does that. So. She's getting uh, just obsessed with Elvis. She gets the costume for the old man, as you Aye. said. And then she goes out for professional hire, then, I suppose. Well, well, basically, she then realises that you hear these competitions, ultimate Elvis competitions, and it comes to Aberdeen, so she decides to go for it. But I'll not tell you if it happens right. after that. Do you hate to sing the songs or not? Aye, well, we do. The thing is... Uh, she's an impressionist. She is a tribute act, and in her head, she thinks she sounds like Elvis. But <laughs> how it comes over, she still actually sings the songs in Doric. So, but she doesn't realise in her head she thinks she's Elvis. But uh, uh, Elvis, of course, is how she pronounces it. And the local Gigi suggests that's fit. She should car sell Elvis. I can a windy cleaner fair bunkery. Does Elvis? tribute acts as well. He's half a goodie. You actually think he sounds like Elvis. Well, it is amazing, actually. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's ever been on in modern history like Elvis. And I mean, the, the local, when we were rehearsing in Glasgow, the, the pub down in the corner, they have a karaoke on a Wednesday afternoon, and we'd said, if you're only Elvis tribute, uh, you know, fanatics, and they had three, and then that was in one pub alone. So really, I mean, he, I think it's the intimacy of his, his voice that a lot of folk have that real personal relationship with him. I've got eyes, eyes, uh, LPs, it's LPs, no, it's not CDs. I've got eyes collection, eyes songs. I don't know how anybody couldn't like Elvis, to be honest with you, because, I mean, the songs are wonderful. And when, when I was doing research for this, I started looking online, and he really was... He was a stunning, mesmerising man. The presence that he had was really quite incredible. So, give another blast. Oh, Elvis. Eh, I'll give you a wee bit of this song. I don't want a flower leaf clover. I don't want an all horseshoe. I want your kiss, cause I just can't miss. We a good luck charm like you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing it. Joyce, thanks for us. Neighbor that I talk. Actress Joyce Faulkner and old Richie for the performance she gave. And the hail cast, all three of them, Pat Woods and Davy McGowan, were brilliant. It was easily either you know, the best productions I've seen for a long time. If it's gone on tour, just try and go and see it, Richie. Oh, I'd love to. Oh. The hail audience was on their feet with a standing ovation at the iron. Oh, it's ah, really, and isn't the it? hail audience joined in the songs with the doobie doobs here and the doobie doobs there. <laughs> and the hail atmosphere was just magic. Rocking. Rocking. Congratulations <laughs> to writer Mona Young. And as I said, it will be on tour, so look out for this play, I, Elvis. This is Sugar Nifty for their album, Venus and Tweeds. This is the Pipe Tune Medal.
Little Lefty says her album Venus and Tweeds and a track card the pipe tune medley and I'm looking forward to their new album coming out soon. And there's a link in there to another festival. Sugar Lefty will be performing at this year's Findhorn Bay Festival in Murrayshire. On my way doing for Belladrum, I popped into Brodie Castle to meet up with the festival director, Chrisanna Eigner. And as we walked about among the trees, Chrisanna told me made about the festival. So the festival takes place um, around the Bay of Fintorn, and we always use the centre point of the bay, and then it's in the towns and villages around the bay. So we've got events happening in Forres, in Kinloss, in Fintorn, in Brodie. We even have exhibitions and things happening in Hopeman and in Elgin. But the festival encompasses music, theatre and dance, talks, tours, family events, free events, ticketed events, vintage bus tours... All sorts. Okay, let's get a little bit into the nitty-gritty. The event I'm looking forward to, of course, is the world premiere, Christina, of the Book of the Ulit. It's really, really exciting, Frida. You and I know we first went to the uh, the launch of the, the, the Book of the Hulet back in 2014 at Darnaway Castle. What a night that was. Absolutely stunning night and really inspired to hear the story that was originally written in Murray and Darnaway Estate in the 15th century and a very significant story for Scotland too because it was one of the earliest printed publications yep. in Scotland. So it was written by whom? Really, by Richard Holland. That's and um, so to find that story, well, I just immediately, I, I went, went up to, to Jim Royan, who's a real champion of, of, of the he Book of the Hairlet. He really it? pulled it all together. And the new um, children's version uh, story by James Robertson, also of the Book of the Hairlet. Illustrated by Kate Leeper. Incredible illustrations. Incredible illustrations. So I think for all of us, it sparked something immediately. And I immediately went up to Jim and I said, this has got to be our next production that we produce for the festival. Because um, we produce the festival and we also produce uh, large-scale performances. So this performance, this performance, this performance, is large the scale. world it premiere, this world premiere, written by the incredibly talented Morna Young, who is from Murray, directed by the equally talented Ben Harrison, who's most known through his work through Gridiron, who are a theatre company that have been going for 25 years in Scotland, specialising in site-specific and outdoor productions. Now we're sitting in a garden, a yes. beautiful garden. Of Brodie Castle. We are. We're going from castle to castle. Aren't we? we are. And uh, you can just imagine, this is all going to be set in here. It really is. Rain so or shine. Rain or shine. So the show begins at dusk, Frida, as four songbirds gather amidst the trees to celebrate the poet and his patrons, the Douglas family, with comic disagreement and beautiful harmonies. We follow those songbirds on an outdoor musical adventure around the woods here in the estate and shrubbery of Brodie Castle as they transform into different characters to tell you all about the Hewlett. Now the Hewlett, correct me if I'm wrong, he thinks, he's just a little stroppy little bird, and he thinks, well, I'm not very bonny, this is why I flee about in the nest. And I need to be born here. So he goes to the peacock. He goes, he appeals to the peacock, who in this case is the Pope. Oh. So we go to the Parliament of the Birds and he, he, the peacock is the head of the forest. He's Aye. a very respectable uh, bird in the, the, the forest community. And the peacock summons all the great birds the to have 
to have counsel and to hear the Hewlett's plea, who's decided himself an, an awfully dowdy wee bird and would quite like to be as beautiful he as, as be the boring. rest and of the birds. And he wants to flee with the rest of the birds. So they argue in a favour. They, well, now I'd be telling you too much no, of the secret tale. I think we should. What stop I would there. say is he, they listen to the plea. But Mother Nature has another plan. There is a twist. There is a twist. There is a twist. <laughs> and it's, 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 um, and so the story is told by a team of actor musicians. In Scots. In Scots. Now, our writer would refer to it as crunchy Scots because it was, it's really important that we want audiences to understand. But we also want to open up the doors to old Scots. So some of the original text from the original poem is used, but our actors in very comic musical ways crunch it up and make it sure that it is understood. So if you've never heard a word of Scots in your life, you, you to, will be able to understand it, what the it story is about. About uh, saying Scots and nobody understands And nobody understanding it, exactly. It point now, what we hope is it will open up the language. Yes. And it will inspire people to, to understand more about the Scots language. And we're more than a young dragon. She's just she top can watch. She can diff. But there's an actor musicians. We have a 30-strong community choir of young people. All in the production. All in the production. We have a community cast of around another, I think it's about 25, who all take on the characters of the various birds in the woodland. So the audience come on this journey, this promenade performance through the shrubbery and trees here on the edge of Darnaway Forest at Brodie Castle, led by this great professional cast and community cast and bring brawlies bring well now actually we've said don't bring brawlies because that helped it's not so good for sight lines because oh, once you put your brawly up you can't see what's happening uh, in front what we've said is dress for all weather unless idea. it's blowing a gale uh, this show will go ahead it'll go on it'll go on the birds will be fleeing about our way well you know nature goes on anyway so we figure we're going to go on and all Okay, there's Mare Theatre. I'm looking at the Moira monologues. We've got the fantastic Alan Bissett, who who has the best bit of entertainment. Tickets are going fast for that, and he's just scooped up another five-star review I see at the Edinburgh Fringe. So his next stop is here with us. And then you've got the Ballad Bus. We have the Ballad Bus Tours. Now, I have to say, that's sold out already, so we might have to see if we can squeeze another one in. But that's being run by Tom McKean at the Elphinstone Institute, and the Ballad bus will take you around different locations where you'll be singing ballads um, in the places they were inspired by including one at Darnaway Castle it is neither Bonnie Earl of Murray it just might be M- might be the Bonnie Earl <laughs> might of Murray be. and the Bonnie Earl of Murray might just be there singing it with us as well idea. What else have we got? We've got a fantastic talk, actually. We were talking about this earlier on. Take my word for it, which I think I've just persuaded you to be part of, which is being um, hosted and chaired by Jim Tuff, who was the CEO of Scottish Arts Council and the Saltire Society. Um, And its talk is looking at you know, is language, is our Scots and is our Gaelic dying out? Are we truly a nation that is that is that embraces our languages and how are we embracing it and where is it being embraced? And, you know, the talk's going to go where it's going to go with an expert panel like yourself in there to have the conversation around identity and, and all of these things. So there's a lot of speaking about speaking going on. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I think you and I are probably quite good at that. <laughs> we've been we have been kent to get on like that. But congratulations. Thank you, this Frida. This is absolutely fabulous. Let's hope the weather's going to be kind to you. Whatever the weather, Frida, we're just going to have a great time.
We will indeed. Kasana Aigner, director of the Findhorn Bay Festival, on through the 26th of September to the 1st of October. More information on www.findhornbayfestival.com www.findhornbayfestival.com It's a cracker, and I'm looking for it to that, Richie. Aye. We've had a long association with the wheel, it. Oh, yes, Aye. indeed. And you notice that? The script was written by Morna Young again. I, I tell you what, are you taking a fee? <laughs> I've become Morna <laughs> Young's agent. <laughs> and far better to be. OK, and we've a special wee bitty for the Ulet oh, to let you hear. Now, when we first come across the 15th century poem, or the Ulet, it was being read by a pal of mine, Donald Lunan, for I read it at Darnaway Castle at the very first presentation of the poem since the 15th century. So, I got Donald to read a bitty of the poem for me, just to give you a flavour of it the 15th century Scots sounds like. And with Dina Wee Tucky Under, a music tunes played by David Barnes on the Smart Pipes, card Una Robertson and Mrs. Ina Barnes. Here it is. Of that purpose, in the place be prime of the day, I heard impetuous appeal with ain pure main, sulpit and sorrow, that sadly could say, Woe is me, wretch in this world, wilsome of wane, with mere mourning in mind and a main may. Rope it ruthfully roch in a rude rain Of that fairly on foe that fell in a fray Nearer that noise and nest and necket in ain I saw in hulet in haste under an holling Looking the lake through And saw his ain shadow At the quick he could grow and made gowl He grat grisly grim and gave a great yowl Shevering and shiding with churlish cheer. Why is my fox, quod the fowl, fasten it so foul? My form and my feather mun freely but fair. My neb is nether as an oak. I am but a nool. Against nature and the nicht I walk into weir. A dar da docht in the day but droop as a dool. Nocht for shame of my shape and pert till appear. Thus all the fowls for my filth has me at feed. That be a scene in their sight, to look out in the daylight. Some will me dolefully dicht, some dine me to deed.
lovely David Barnes on the small pipes and you heard on the lunafy Pitgevney reading a smearing of the Ulet poem, first read in Danaway Castle, home of the Bonnie Erla Murray in the 15th century. Oh, Bonnie Erla Murray. Bonnie Erla Murray, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie Erla, you slayed Erla Murray and you laid them on the green. Remember the Mondegreens? Mondegreens. Mondegreens. <laughs> We've about the Mondegreens afore now. Okay. Right, that tacks us to the I know this episode, Richie. <laughs> Already? We've looked forward and back, and we've gone about our wanderings and fit our wanderings with thee. And thank you to Abdi that has made this episode possible. It's, it amazes me full many colours and nukes of Scottish culture tax in. But we finish with another big thank you to a band that has done so much to promote our culture worldwide. I refer, of course, to Runrig, formed on the Isle of Sky in 1973 and have drawn on their roots for inspiration for many of their songs, and inspired generations with their music. Thousands of fans flocked to Stirland to see their last concert, Cad fittingly, The Last Dance. Demand was so great that Loganier put on extra flights for the Western Isles, to Edinburgh and Glasgow. We have 14 studio albums in total. 14, did you? Mm, 14 studio albums in total. That's a lot of albums. Uh, the fans celebrated songs that lasted over three hours. And with the backdrop of Stirling Castle, it was a fitting send-off. And we leave you with a song that had them in the charts for five weeks in 1983. You'd have been one, Richie. Close. Two and a half. Will you? Aye. Okay. So <laughs> Richie and Marcel, join us again. This is Ron Rigg and... Lock Lock Lomond. Lomond. Oh yes!